right, and welcome to another Conquest Corner here from Train Kickers Podcast. On this particular episode, we are going to be going through our first character in terms of these reviews, deep dives, however you might want to call it. In particular, we're going to go to the Fallen Divinity. This is something that was requested. It's something I know I would like to think reasonably well, something I actually run. So I think this is a good spot because we've also talked about the units that she can bring. So now's a really good time to get to her. So as a reminder for anyone, if this is the first time watching this, we're going to go through, discuss everything all about her. For this one, the difference is going to be is we're actually going to do some list building as well. At least I'm going to discuss some list ideas that I have. And all of this is for Conquest, The Last Argument Kings from Parabellum Games. Um, especially now with, with Warhammer Fantasy starting to come out or depending on time, maybe it's already out of this. I This is the game I want to play. This is my rank and flank sort of game. Absolutely love it. And going through these is honestly a pleasure. So I'm really enjoying this. Um you will have seen from the screenshot, if you looked on YouTube, of my phone divinity that I painted up because I put that up there. So I've been running her now, I don't know, a dozen plus times, as well as tons of theory crafting and all of that. So uh, not saying that I'm perfect to talk about this, but I think I know quite a bit. So I'd like to be able to discuss it. If you are looking to pick this model up or any other model, um, keep in mind that we do have a code for you. Terrain Kickers is the code. There's also in the notes below this, gives you a link you can click on. You put that code in, you save yourself 10%. You help us out as well. Those sort of things are, you know, really do help keep the lights on running around here and help us be able to improve the things that we want to do. Um, I think that's it for the moment. So why don't we get into this? So... Um, I know that if you're watching, the screen might be a little bit off, but I think it works best because when we pull up another unit, this is the, the sort of view that works quite well for this. This one's a little bit different, so we're going to talk through sort of the base level things, the sort of things she takes, stats, and what changes you go through the tiers, and then we're going to get into really how those tiers change. All right, so when we take a look at this, um, for what the fallen divinity can take it only has made the options it's either kefali the centaur caricates the canaphores or caratids so three out of those four that we've talked about i haven't talked about the centaurs but honestly they're not out yet so i don't really have a lot of experience with them i would like to proxy them just so i can get some more shots at them and the other centaur the uh, parmai just so i can try them out and get a better feel for them but Personally, with three out of the four of the options, I think you're fine running those ones. I don't think you're necessarily missing so much out by not having it available to you. All right, so Fallen Divinity works a little bit different than all the other, essentially everything in the game, because it does have these three tiers. So you're going to start at tier one, and there's ways to increase your tiers. So I was going to do this the other way, but maybe, maybe we'll talk about the base way that you change tiers, and then we'll get into what other things that means later. So keep in mind that if you are playing Old Dominion, that you, if you have this model, you actually have another power pool. So normally, you only have one that you actually care about. So normally, the only one that you actually care about is the Dark Power Pool. So just as a, a brief reminder of this, that you start at Tier 1, you don't hit Tier 2 until you get to 9 tokens. Remember, you're getting tokens from losing stands that have Animate Vessel. There is, you know, Dark Shepherd that could take out stands, so gaining it the same way, but another way to get them without your opponent having to do it, as well as the Hybrid Deacon has a spell that can get you these as well. You also, at the start of every round, if your Warlord is on the table, you gain one as well. That is your Blasphemous Soma, which used to be an upgrade, now it's a freebie. When you get to 18 
tokens, then you're at tier three. Tier four is 23 or better, but you have to have essentially a Ziliarch or the Strategos be your warlord. That's not going to be the thing because she must be your warlord. So we don't care about tier four here. The one you're used to is the Dark Power Pool. That's the one that ups essentially your units. The Fallen Pantheon is the one that you're going to be using, at least to some extent for this. You're not taking her if your goal isn't to get here to tier three. Minimum tier two and realistically tier three by some point. We'll talk about how to balance between the two and should you be trying to do a little bit of both and how to kind of look at that. So when you get to tier two, so if you have nine of those tokens, then the Fallen Divinity goes to tier two. You do get some other bonuses, and it mentions that bonus right here. Other friendly regiments with the Animate Vessel special rule that are within 10 inches get plus one to their attacks. If you can get to that 18 tokens, then for your um, sorry, your, dark, your Fallen Pantheon piece, then she goes to Tier 3. For these tiers, if she gets to Tier 3, if they start with their Animate Vessel, start within 10 inches, then they get plus two to the attacks. Dauntless. Dauntless means you can never break and always kind of is inspired. So it sort of gives you some of those tier three bonuses with the downside that um, when another friendly regiment ends its activation within 10 inches of her, it takes four wounds. So doing this and ending anywhere close to her to get those bonuses will actually also start hurting your units. She's essentially just sucking in all of this power. Few other things to realize when she goes to tier two, she's going to heal four wounds. When she goes to tier three, she's going to heal six wounds. So she keeps her number of wounds she has and then she heals up because we're going to see her profile. She gets more wounds as she goes. All right, let's talk through the base profile and how it changes between the tiers. So she starts at a move of four. That's going to increase by two per tier. So tier two is six. By tier eight, she's moving eight inches. Four inch move is awful. She's exceedingly slow. Her volley and clash are both at twos, but those will go up by one every single time she goes to another tier. So she can actually end up at fours for those two stats, which means that if she gets inspired by charges and things like that, that she ends up rerolling sixes. Remember, inspired can't get you to above a four, it just makes you reroll sixes. She starts at eight attacks, goes to 10, goes to 12, so gains two attacks per tier. Wounds, she gains two wounds going to tier two, three wounds going to tier three. So she's 10 wounds to start, gets the 12, gets the sorry, gets the 15, because it's three above that. Remember though, when she gets the tier three, she doesn't reset the 15 wounds. However hurt she is, she's that hurt, but then you heal six. That is a lot of healing. Even the getting to tier two healing that four, that is a lot of healing. And we're going to talk about other ways to get a little more healing for her as well. No resolve, of course. You're undead. You don't care about that. Starts at defense two and evade three. The defense goes up by one per tier and the evade goes down by one per tier. So in the beginning, she's rather protected because evade three, you're not, you're, you're going to have your evade. So she's going to essentially ignore half of the things that swing at her. And, and she has some other rules that help out with that as well. But as she goes down, her or goes along, her evade will go down, but her defense starts getting higher, as well as she has hardened, and that goes up and up. So her chances of getting her very good defense go up drastically. So what does she have at all levels? One, she always has blessed. Keep in mind, blessed is before you roll dice, either on attack or defense, you take a choice, and you get to re-roll any misses. 
because it's a defensive save, not characteristic, you can take it on the evade if you wish. Other things she has at all points, of course, is animate vessel. She is always terrifying. Her terrifying gets stronger. She starts her terrifying one in every tier. She becomes one more scary. So that means by tier three at terrifying three, assuming you're affected by terrifying, assuming you don't have one of the rules that would stop it or something like that, you're not really going to have much of a resolve at all because your resolve is theoretically best, you know, we're assuming not, you know, an unbelievable large unit or something crazy. Your resolve, if you're super amazing, could be like a five minus three, you're down to a two. If you're much less, you might not have a resolve stat. One of the other things she has at all levels is font of dark power. Font of dark power just says that when you generate tokens naturally, you can choose to put in a dark power pool or fallen pantheon pool. If you're within 10 inches of her, and it can go up depending on the tier she's in, that it must go to the fallen pantheon pool. I want to say it's at tier two that, oh yeah, no, it goes to 14 inches. So it actually goes up by four when you hit tier two. The other thing she has at all points, of course, is her supremacy ability. Her supremacy is always that. Essentially, all her supremacy says, it's a big old paragraph. But what this supremacy really says is that she must be your warlord. We know you only take one that's on her rules, but she is your warlord. That she's a character stand, but she's also a monster regiment. And she's a monster regiment by herself. She doesn't join other things. She's hanging out there alone. She gets her two actions as a regiment would. She can take all of the actions that a regiment can. However, since she's also a character, she is allowed to duel. She's not allowed to refuse duels. Once you start getting to tier two, absolutely true for tier three, but at least if you get the tier two, people probably won't be challenging you. By tier three, no one's going to challenge you. Um, it is not affected by the dark power pool, though. So it doesn't get the auto-inspire, all those sorts of things. None of that happens here. Um, can't join any of the regiments, and it does not have to have a modern regiment in its band to be there. You don't need any other regiments itself. So we know she only has mainstay options. You don't actually have to take any of them if you don't want. You could just take her without any of the others. Me personally, I always do, but you're not actually required to do that. So that gives us a little bit of an overview of, of her, say, base stats. And as it makes sense, the higher power that she gets, the better her stats get. Let's talk about some of her special rules that vary. As you go up in tier, everything improves except your evasion. That's it. Everything else gets better, and it tends to get better by about one each. So cleave goes up by one each time. So you start at cleave one. Hardened goes up by one each time. So like we said, this is a model, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, of how fragile it can be in the beginning. But this is a model that at higher levels, if you have hardened three, then that means you're ignoring up to three of their cleave. That's about as good as it gets, which means you should be on your four defense unless they're doing like a flawless strikes or something else crazy. You're probably on your best defense. You start at impact hits four, goes five, goes... No, the impact hits only goes up by one between tier two and then stays the same at tier three. So you only get the five impact hits, I'm sure. She always has flank. Flank means if you want her in turn one, you can absolutely have her. Remember, she's your warlord, so her being on the board means she can start powering up because Blasphemousoma. It also means if you want to delay her for a round to get someone else to start her up a little further because she has moved four, she is very slow, that is an option. 
Um, her terrifying, like we said, goes up by one each time. She gets brutal impact at higher levels. I think it's just, yeah, level three. She has brutal impact three. Um, yeah, that's the only time she actually has brutal impact. Also, what happens at higher levels that she, at tier two, she gets unstoppable. She doesn't lose it at tier three. She keeps that rule, but she does become unstoppable. She also gains tenacious at tier three. Um, tenacious, one failed save is a success. So when you have a very good defense and one of your saves is a success, you're not going anywhere. Don't believe she has that at lower levels. The last, one of the more recent times I played her, it was a very small points game we were doing. So she essentially got to tier three after like two turns. So I kind of just had tenacious the whole battle. I believe that is all the pieces. I don't think I missed anything. All right. So let's talk through just, just her in general. Then we'll get into a little bit more things like that. Okay. So for this lady in general. Um, she is obviously at her most fragile early. That is the time if your opponent can get to her, they will. If your opponent can take her down, that's when they will. You can't let them take you out at tier one. Tier one, you're not super survivable. You, if you really look at it, evade three is good. 10 wounds is good. Blessed, you're probably going to have to more use your blessed on defense usually early on, I find, if they can get to you. The reason being is you don't want her to be taking tons and tons of wounds. There are units that can easily take her out. Um, remember, you're looking at, you know, Jotnar sort of stats. You're looking at dinosaur sort of stats, those sort of things. And how many times have you run in with something hard, hit that thing and just wiped it? So... You know, if someone has heavy cav unit coming into her, those sort of things will become issues. And those are the sorts of units that will get to you. So some of the others might not be able to, but if they have some medium units that can really get some movement, um, I'm thinking, you know, some of the units from 100 Kingdoms, I'm thinking T uh, sorry, um, Triceratops from Wadroons. I always forget the name of the actual ones, but that's essentially what they are, at least what I see them as. If you're looking at those sort of things, that, that can become a problem for her. Tier 1, you want to be careful with. Also, with only a move of 4, it means it's going to be tough to get your charges because move 4, no unstoppable. Which means until you get to Tier 2, she's going to have a hard time actually getting to people, usually. Which means they might get to her first. And, you know, with only a 4, 4 plus a D6, your charge ranges aren't really that great anyway. And the last thing you want this model to do is, you know, to lose out on any of that. Because Impact 4 with no Brutal Impact isn't going to do you any good. Especially when you're on a base clash of 2. Keep in mind, if your Dark Power Pool is higher, she's not affected by it anyway. So she needs to be charging to get the Inspired. Because if you pay attention to the piece here, even at higher tiers, it's other friendly regiments and so on she does not inspire herself she has blessed which is very good as well of course but early on i'm using it for defense i need her to survive the hardened one can help but you're probably just taking the evade three re-rolling that means you should save about 75 percent of the wounds that's really good you don't take resolve so they really have to dedicate to some power to you also, let's face it, with your slower move, since it'll take a little bit longer for you to get a little further up the field, might mean that you're out of their range a little bit longer than you might with a unit that's moving at, say, even a 5 or a 6 or something like that. Um, 
if you're greatly worried about what they can do, say they have tons of long-range shots or long-range magic, that might be the case that you keep her out. You know, the you know auto you know flank choose to keep her out that first turn, let her come in next, so that way there's a less one less turn of that sort of issue. Although, since she's your warlord with that blasphemous soma, I kind of do prefer her to come in early to start getting that extra power. All right, so got to do things early. I feel to keep her going. Once you start getting to tier two, now you can start running a little more wild. One, you'll heal up if you've been hurt. So hopefully if you haven't been like horrendously massacred, you should be pretty close to at least 10 wounds or maybe in your full 12. Your defense has now gotten better. You're at hardened two, so you're probably usually at threes on your defense. So you're still saving 50% of the time. You still have blessed, but now you're going to start hurting people more because now you have more impact. You have your unstoppable, so at least you get to reroll your charges, so you have much more likely to actually get in. Move six means that six plus that D6, much more consistent. With that, you're looking at, on average, probably closer to 10 on each charges. I said, that blessed, now I don't mind using offense. If I can get the charge into the unit, and they're the type of unit that I can put good damage into, with 10 attacks and cleave two, there's quite a few units that you can put decent damage into. Now also at terrifying two, which means that the resolve stat's going to be worse. If I could put good damage in, then I'm going to use Blessed on Offense. If I'm still worried about how much output they can do, or if I'm lower on wounds, I will save the Bless for my defense. Again, you're probably on 50-50 saves, but turn it to 75% with Bless is really going to help out. All right, by the time you get to Tier 3, should you be able to get to Tier 3? Were you cagey enough to be able to get there? Um, this is the toughest thing in the game. Nigh unstoppable in many ways. You're at defense four, now with Harden two. Sorry, I, I remember if I said before if the Harden kept going up by one. It was only Harden two at this point. I'll I'll check and make sure I didn't say that. If so, I'll I'll correct it. But you're going up, you're now at Harden two. So you're now essentially always on defense fours. You're now saving two thirds of the time. And if you really were worried about it on your defense, you still have blessed you could essentially save almost everything. Not absolutely everything, but pretty close to it. They're really going to have to get creative with what they do to take her down, because one, you got to this level, you healed again. Two, the units around her are getting injured, but getting stronger in general because of the sorts of rules that you're giving them. And if they don't have ways to ignore your defense, so, like I said, things like flawless strikes or, you know, even if they have a cleave of three, you're fine. So you yourself now are on 12 attacks. You have cleave three. That means most things, not everything, but most things in this game, if they don't have an evade stat, aren't getting a save, or they're getting a save of about a one, because average evade stat's probably one. Maybe they're getting twos if they have good evades. You now can be impact with brutal impact. So you're getting five of those on fours, brutal impact. And if you get your charge in, now you have 12 attacks on fours rerolling sixes. If you want to do blessed, you're re-rolling everything because you're re-rolling your fives then at that case. So you're looking at, realistically, most things hitting. You're probably averaging about 10 or so hits. If they don't have a good evade stat, they might be on ones. There's a chance they don't have a save at all. There's been tons of times I've run into things with a cleave value of three and people aren't getting saves or they're at most getting like a one on a save, which means they're probably on average taking seven to eight, or maybe a little bit more wounds. Again, we're we're going to play with just nice and easy numbers. You are now also at terrifying three. 
which means if their resolve stat isn't good enough, they're not really getting anything there either. So whatever you hit them for, you're looking at almost the same amount in terms of wounds from resolve. So you're almost doubling whatever it is that you actually get into them. So there's a lot, lot of damage that can be output here. I paused briefly there for a second because I wanted to review Resolve just to check some of the wording. Resolve is your dice that are at the level or below. It's not listed as an auto one success for Resolve the way they say it, which means if you can get them to be Resolve zero, they just fail everything, much like they would for defense, the way it's worded. Um, at some point, maybe that'll change, but for right now, yeah, you can just get through everything then. So your key here is to get to tier three. If you can get to tier three, this thing is going through whatever you want to aim it at. Like I said, you, you have ways to help protect yourself a little bit if you want, but otherwise just go out there and have some fun because you're going to have a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about blessings that you can take and then we'll get into list builds. Remember now this thing's already 300 points. Also keep in mind, it is a light, which means it comes in, say, turn one or turn two, but it is also a monster. Light monsters do score objectives. They count as two bases. So for things you could take, um, you can take the tent charge uh, for this for 40 points. When you get the dark power pool, that's the other pool to tier two. Um, character stands and friendly regiments in eight inches are always inspired. If you get here to tier three, She'll give everyone within 10 inches inspired essentially anyway, because she gives them Dauntless. Not a great upgrade for her. The best upgrade for her, I feel, is Aura Malice. Now, it is 40 points. But normally, it's, hey, that regiment that the character has it on gives Dread. But if it's on the Fallen Divinity, it's an 8-inch bubble. So all friendly regiments of 6 or less stands, I should say, within 8 inches um, get Dread. Dread means that your opponent cannot be inspired. So enemy regiments in contact with a regiment with a special rule cannot benefit from the inspired special rule. In instances where it's always inspired, this rule superseded. So what's nice about this, especially early on, when you're worried about people charging into you and doing damage, they're not going to get the inspired bonus. Also, this helps support everyone else within eight because if people hit them, they're not getting their bonuses. It also means they can't just choose to inspire, then swing. So they're really losing out a lot on what they're getting as some of their bonuses. For me, I, I don't want to say auto-include, but if I can spare 40 points, if I can find it, I put it on. And usually when I build a list with her, I put it on there first. And then if there's a super great reason, I'll take it off. Otherwise, I consider her almost 340. Because Dread in an 8-inch bubble is huge. Remember, she's going to be, after she gets to at least tier 2, she's going to be frontline. She's going to be in the middle. She, you're going to have other units around her, and the enemy's going to be either coming at her, or you're going to be rushing towards them. Removing Inspired from people is really going to lower their output. In some factions, your stats tend to be somewhat low, and the Inspired is really what gets you to sort of that even point. Remember, if you're anyone else, you can always take that as an action. We're not allowed to, but every other faction can. So I do feel that they're kind of pointed and, and put with that as an idea in mind. Um, there is some other things she's technically allowed to take. Um, she's technically allowed to take Eternal Discipline, which makes her um, untouchable. You get to reroll sixes on defense. That is useful. I don't care about it quite as much. Reason being, um, Dread lowers the hits they'll get anyway, which saves me to an extent. 
It only affects this one model because it's just, you know, in that regiment. And by the time I'm probably getting her to combat with the things that I do, she probably has the better defense that the rerolling sixes isn't quite as important. In tier one, it would be, but I'd rather put dread on people. However, I'm not going to say it's a bad idea if you went for that anyway. Um, bodyguards is absolutely useless, which you can take lonely lineage, absolutely useless. When we get to combat, blessings. Um, there's only really two that she's even allowed to take because of different restrictions. Two she's allowed to take, she can take exposed weakness, which just means if it's a duel, enemy characters can't ignore and reduce the number of hits they su that get suffered. It's 20 points of useless, don't bother with that. At higher levels, people aren't going to duel you. And at lower levels, you know, you're, you don't have things that are going to be reducing or removing them anyway. So that's not a thing. The, the character may have some things that do it, but if you're super low level, you're not really worried about winning those sort of things. If you're worried about their super crazy challenge character, ignore them. Don't go near them. Your hits aren't going to be necessarily what take them out when you're tier one. Because they, you know, they're fine with that trade, even if they do. Let's say they put, um, I mean, it could be anyone into your, um, say, a Blooded, a Kona Gear, something like that. Something where you can really um, up some stat blocks for. They'd be fine with that trade. I'll lose my character for you to lose your 300-point beat stick. I'm fine with that. So Exposed Weakness isn't going to help you. Implacable can, though. So Implacable gives you Break Their Lines. Keep in mind that as Old Dominion, we're not allowed to take the Inspire action. So she starts at Cleave 1. She gets to, you know, essentially Cleave 2, Cleave 3, all of that. But Break Their Lines means if you're already stuck in combat, you can then do the action for Line Breaker. So if you're stuck in with someone that you're not going to get through otherwise, and they have Bastions and Shields and good defense, this is a way to remove those bonuses, which means even at early stages, even at Tier 1 or probably more especially at tier two, you will be cutting through everyone that you see. At tier three, you don't really need the help. But the 20 points here, I have found reasons to take. I don't take it as often because again, I'd rather have the dread. But if I had a spare 20, I have nothing to do with, or if I just want to experiment around with some list ideas, I do like that option. I do think it's a later choice that you take. Or if you say can't fit the dread in, just because of points, you don't have it. I will take this because early on, this is going to be something that you need to help get through and get the kind of damage you need down to survive out. Even at later stages, nothing wrong with it because remember, you might be cleave three, but if someone has shields and bastion is on a very good defense, now you can absolutely cut through them. So it's not a bad option. All right. Um, that's the baseline of her. I want to talk about um, some ways she gets supported, and then I want to talk about some list ideas. Things that can support her. Like I said, one, she has to be your warlord. So we don't worry about any of the supremacy abilities, anything like that matters. Archimandrite's ability to heal is always useful. So I don't mind, especially early on, if, I, if, if I'm worried about this model getting hurt. Healing up a few wounds can absolutely make a difference. Although your heals will be less focused because your heals dependent upon your dark power pool. She depends upon the fallen pantheon pool. Um, your higher deacon is always a great pickup for this because your higher deacon, so I'll pull up the higher deacon for anyone watching. I'll talk my way through this course always. You have dark supplication, so you can put one power token in either pool if you get this to go off. 
I do feel for Fallen Divinity, if you're going to run it, you need to get to the highest power you can as fast as you can. I like taking a higher Deacon, especially in a unit of cultists. Now, I know you'd have to proxy that. So we'll talk about, say, tournament lists a little bit later. But if I'm you know, playing for fun, I can play what I want. I like it in a unit of cultists. I like getting both of them in turn one. So that way I can start upping my power. And then next turn, when someone else walks on the board, I can start taking down stands to up that power even more. You have to get to a pretty high level to start getting your bonuses, but even more so. Because again, your Stratigos has ways to get to the higher power early if you want. Your other units, they'll get to it just by pushing forward. When this model's included, you're going to have less units in general. You know, you're probably taking some of the mainstays with her, which are expensive options. So you might not have all the stands that you need or would want to be able to sacrifice the same sort of way. The Hyrule can, can sacrifice little bits rather than, you know, full regiments that you might be trying to throw to the wolves otherwise. And with that, it means if you can get it to tier two, now you can play. Tier one, uh, like I said, is reasonably bad. Get to tier two, now you can actually get some business done. So I do like that as an option. The other characters, I think it just depends on list choice because they don't really benefit the Fallen Divinity in any way. Not realistically, other than the other types of units that they can bring because their special abilities and things like that aren't really going to do much for her. At least not the way that I see it. Um... There might be some that can affect regiments depending on some of the bonuses you take, but I don't see that much. All right, so that gives us a bit about the divinity itself. What I want to get into now then is I want to get into some actual list building with this. All right, for list building. So again, if you're not watching, I'm going to talk our way through it. But if you aren't watching, this might not be quite as, as interesting in this particular part. Um, Maybe right before it, just in case you don't want to go through the list building part, I will talk about some some sort of final thoughts and then we'll get to the list building. You have to protect her at tier one. You absolutely have to be very safe with her. I do think her coming on early is fine. She's reasonably slow. You can keep her away from the enemies early on. Um, I think you need to support her with units that become a big threat early so that way the opponent can't just dedicate to her. So what I mean by that, if all you have say early on the board is you know some just units of things like you know cultists or let's go into just taking a look at some other sorts of things uh looking at up oh, sorry let me do it this way there you go if all you have is say things like units of cultists units of legionnaires and things like that or maroi or cares that means this will probably become the focus you need some things that they're going to worry about not that those things can't be a thing, but I think cataphracty, I think keratids, especially in the medium slots, are really good options because your cataphracty can get in close. So that can, and with their speed, they can head off the unit that's coming to try and take her down. Your keratids can start putting the long-range fire support down. And I said they only really want to get the tier two, so they're not as not as concerned with that for themselves. They're not a unit that needs to get that much higher. Same thing with uh, Cataphracty. They really like to be tier two, but you do have some options. Say, if you're running Archimandrite, count them as tier two for the turn that you need. Get some power into them. Um, I think you absolutely want those sort of options with her. I think if she's your big heavy hitter, I don't think you need a lot of other big heavy hitters outside of what she can take. So if you want to take a unit of Bekefale, I think you could do that. You want to take a unit of Canaphores, I think you can do that. I don't think you need things like Varangian Guard because she'll serve the same sort of purpose. Um, 
I think you can avoid, probably if you're doing that, you can avoid Strategoses and Zilliarchs unless you really want them for some reason, because she supplies heavy hitters and she doesn't need the extra. I might take one, depending on which one, I'm much more likely to take the caster types with her personally, but we'll take a look at some other options. Um, protect her early. When she gets higher, go and throw her at people. She's great to sit on objectives, especially to be on that one objective where you are then in striking distance of other people because she could score it for you and then rush to go take someone down. Because you should be able to take them down without much effort, realistically, it shouldn't be protracted combat unless they're a giant unit. You're probably really crippling the unit in about one swing. That means the following turn, take them down, push onto the next objective, or line yourself up well for the next spot. People will greatly struggle to deal with it if it gets to that late game. That means you want to be cagey early, or you can also use that to draw them into bad positions so that way you can hit them on flanks, hit them in rears, get the right charges on them, whatever it is, those sort of pieces that you want. So having said all that, now we're actually going to go to a little bit of the list building. So sorry, if nothing else, then you have some ideas on this, but now I want to get to some list building with this lady here. And again, I know they're reasonably amorphous things. I like to call her lady. So we're building at 2000 points because let's assume it's a normal big game. Although I will say when I was playing a league, we played 750 matches. Um, her unit canifores, carotids with like an upgrade for her fits very nicely in 750. Was a lot of fun. I can't say it was fun for everyone else, but it was a lot of fun for me. As I said with her, um, for this, actually, I will resize the window. Okay, so I said with this, one has to be your warlord. Okay, we'll snap that. For the dark blessings, I like RMLs. That is sort of my goal. I want to take RMLs here. If I'm taking her, I do want to take one of the units that she is good with. Like I said, for this, let's let's assume for the moment a a proxy allowed list for a second so you can just take units because it's fun plus where you're going to get to and then we'll talk about what changes i would make if i couldn't run that way for her um what i've been liking lately is like i said carotid unit and maybe a unit up a carefully as well so they're my bigger heavy hitters as well them i'm going to up them by stand so i'm going to take a four pack of those i usually take them in fours i usually can't afford anymore for other warbands I want to hire a deacon. I want to hire a deacon because I want to be able to take, so I'll put it in cultists. I want to be able to use dark supplication. All right. So with that, then for the moment for retinue, I know it's a little bit off screen, but retinue, I'm going to take at least tier one because I want that extra die. What I really care about is the tier three, getting a lot of success, but if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. So maybe putting those in depending on what we're able to afford. A P3 pack of cultists is fine because the Hyra Deacon's goal is not to get close. Don't care if it gets close. Don't care if those cultists ever throw whatever their slings or whatever their stupid weapon is. Doesn't matter to me whatsoever, really. Um, for this, that's about what I take for the Hyra Deacon. If levels get higher enough, the Dark Supplication will matter. But Black Flame Corrugation, uh, sorry, Dark Supplication always matters. The Black Flame Corrugation won't really matter so much. For this army, you want to take things that are okay with, say, maybe getting to Dark Power Tier 2, because that's about probably as good as you're going to get if you really want to get her up. One of the things I didn't say before, and I'll say it here, 
if you're running her, your goal is to power her up. The army needs to support her, not the other way around. The reason being, your dark power pool, one, you're not allowed to take it to four no matter what. Also, you're not going to get it to three. If you want her to three, you might be able to get dark power to two. And the way you're going to do that is with things like the Hyra Deacon and getting Fallen Divinity out turn one so your Blossom of Soma can start going off. If she's on the board turn one, that means in a 10-turn game, she'll be able to get to tier two, technically her own, by the end of the game because she'll gain nine. Your Hyra Deacon coming in turn one, because remember, you get one auto choice. She has flank, so she's an auto choice as well. That means your higher deacon could get you about, let's say you don't pass all of them, let's say eight. So you're looking at 16, 17 dark power total. That means you can at least get to tier two. You could, with then one thing die across the game, guarantee her to be at tier three. You can definitely do that. It's tough to get both of them up a bit. Two and two is kind of good, but putting her to three is almost a necessity. So when I look at the list, I don't want to look at any units that want to be inspired or need to be inspired. If they're fine not being inspired, super carefully, are fine. They're on cleave three. When they charge in, they'll be on fours. But the rest of the time, threes is pretty good. I wouldn't want to take things like bone golems because bone golems are only on twos. If they don't have the inspired, they're really missing. And I can not I can guarantee you won't get the tier three. You, If you get her to tier three, so I, I should say, you won't get the dark power pool to tier three. If she is at tier three, so if the dark if the uh, fallen pantheon is tier three, then she's given inspired out, but you're taking four wounds at the end of activations, and that can really start to hurt. So I don't want to play that as a strategy. Um, for any other regiments, I would take for this. I've already taken some of my specials. I would take more if I wanted to. Otherwise, we're looking at again um, the centaurs if you want. I tend not to just personally right now. You could be looking at maybe some legionnaires. For other things I want, I do like Archimandrites in general. I am a big fan of the list option for them where you have, sorry, resizing the window, where you have the Hyra Deacon doing damage to one of your units, usually to the unit the Archimandrites in. So I'll take an Archimandrite. I'll take it with a unit of legionnaires. All right, so the Archimandrite's Legionnaire's units has the Dark Shepherd remove a stand. Then the Archimandrite puts the stand back. And I have them go as a 1-2. I can sometimes have them go early. So that way it's a nice delay tactic. I'm getting something done, but I get to see what you do first. I really like that because that means the Hyra Deacon realistically is getting me two Dark Power a turn. Which means with the Fallen Divinity on the board, that's three a turn. Now we're really starting to move numbers. For the Archimandrite... I honestly pretty much always take all three tiers, and I absolutely love taking, sorry, where was it? Dark Blessing, the Unholy Mastery, because I want to heal and then something else. The heal's necessary, but I want something else. All right, we're at 1345. So from here, other options I would take a look at then. And again, this is my sort of thought process. To me, this is a good basis I like to go with. From here, your Archimandrite does have some options. You could, like I said, I wouldn't go for Bone Golems, but if you want some other mediums, you could take more Legionnaires. You're going to need to stand on objectives. You could take a unit then in Praetorians. I wouldn't go in Bone Golems. I don't think you're going to get enough out of them. Maroi aren't bad because they're very reasonably fast, um, high level of attack sort of unit. 
Praetorians to be able to go sit on objectives a little stronger are good. I wouldn't mind just more Legionnaires for cheapness, just so that way I have some free, some cheaper fodder. Um, for anything else, I would take with the Hyra Deacon. Um, assassins are fine if you want to lean into units that aren't technically out right now. Me, since I'm leaning to this, probably not. If you have more units for Keratids uh, or Canifors, I think that's not a bad play. I wouldn't mind taking another unit of Keratids to be able to hit people from a distance, or maybe even a unit of Canifors. Otherwise, sorts of things that I might look at. If you're happy with that, you're fine. If not, I might take something like a Stratigos just to be able to... Let's see what sort of things I can do with him. He can take a unit of either Legionnaires or Anathati, depending on which one, but to be able to take a unit of Cataphracti. I enjoy unit Cataphracti. I would put them to four. Now, um, depending on how you like to run your Cataphracti, you want... I think you put the standard bear no matter what. But for the officers... That's really on you. I like the Hyratos. I like what the Hyratos does. Getting the memories of old isn't tough because you have the Archimandrite to be able to count them as tier two. And it's not unheard of that later in the game that you actually could have your dark power pool be at tier two. But I think you absolutely want that because this is a unit that if you can count them as tier two, even for that one turn, will do you a lot of good. Um, for the unit that will go with them, um, you could go cheap with more Legionnaires. Um, Anathity, I kind of like with him. And I don't mind the Anathity where they are. Maybe Standard Bear, Anathity, Officers. I probably wouldn't bother with either of them. Uh, no, I don't know. Princeps, making them always inspired is pretty good. I could get an extra stand. I'm at four stands now. That gives me 20 points of play. With those 20 points of play, I could then... I wouldn't. Nah. I did talk about that upgrade on her. If you're really wanting to lean into her, lean into it. Give it a shot. Try to put everything into where you can. If not, with that little bit, I probably give the Shatigo something. Um, a retinue regalia tier one is a nice option because that means your command stand gets plus two attacks. Your Nathati are there just to blender units that just will go down to weight, weight of attacks and all. I wouldn't bother with the combat. I might consider a treasure, but again, I'm kind of keeping that somewhat cheap. I'm not quite as concerned about that. Maybe what I would do, probably one of those, if not, maybe hire Deacon an extra in the retinue, but if not, yeah, maybe a treasure. What's a good treasure? Armor of Living Saint, um, not bad for that. What else could you get for 20? The Blade of Kalsor, give Cleave, extra attack and Cleave. You naturally have uh, four attacks, no Cleave, so getting the extra bit could absolutely do you some good stuff. Dark Blessings, uh, I don't know if it really needs any of that. Bodyguards doesn't need, or it has Bodyguards, but you're not putting it in. Um, don't need any extra upgrades. You know what? I think that's fine if we're leaning into the crazy. Yeah. Let's just lean into the implacable as well, because or exposed weakness. Which one was it? I always forget which name is which. Sorry, implacable. Yeah. So, is this a great list? I don't think it's a bad list, but I don't think it's necessarily a great and wonderful list. I think it has some good strengths. I think it leans into what she does. 
was giving you some good options. I think the Hieradecon Archimandrite pairing is really nice because I think that pairing is going to really help put your power fast so you can get here to tier two. Once I'm at tier two, then I'm going to think about the rest of the army and what I need. Do I really need to get to a higher tier for my Keratids, my Bucephali, my Cataphracti? If so, then I'm going to swap over and start upping the other one because I can up it realistically, assuming they're also doing some killing in about two, three rounds. In three rounds, I can almost guarantee it. I can potentially get it in two rounds if they're hurting me as well. So I think that is an option. So um, I will put the list below as well for anyone who's watching on YouTube or anything like that. But overall, I do like this as a list. I do think it has some good options. The way I would play this list, like I said, she's coming in early. Um, Hyrule Deacons also come in as a late unit early, and their goal is just to gain power. Next turn, Archimandrite's my requirement. I'm going to roll for a whole bunch more mediums, and I'm going to hope for at least one of them. If I do, it's the Cataphracti who are going to come in, and they're going to start threatening someone. I'm going to be using my trick back and forth to start upping my power pool, so I have plenty of power to be able to work with. As that goes up, once she hits Fallen Pantheon 2... Now she'll start benefiting the units around her. Now that's the time when Bekefli starts showing up. That's the time when the Cataphracti and Athati start coming into people. And when they do, now they're at plus one attack each. If I can get it to tier three, they're always going to be inspired. They'll take some damage, but I'm going to use those other units as cleanup, as to finish things off. I don't want to be protracted sitting next to her. The other big thing is she could always walk away if I don't feel I need it. Um, so this list overall, I do like um, the Keratids for long-range support. They can come in pretty early or along the side. She can push forward slowly until you start getting close to Tier 2. Then I start moving much faster. And then like I said, once she's at Tier 2, now you have a choice. You can figure out which way you kind of need to lean. You want her at Tier 3 at some point, but depending on the type of army, if the army you're facing isn't a super fast-moving army, you might be able to wait a little bit and put a little bit of power into the other pool to give yourself that option of diversification. Like I said, with the two, you can still get it pretty quick. It's not unheard of. It might be tough. And especially with this, with the number of stance we have with our healing ability, especially with the Archimandrite, you have a couple units that the Archimandrite can heal up fully, and by fully, I mean to gain a stand back. So like an Athati are four wounds. Remember, your heal is one plus a dark power pool. Your dark power pool at base is going to essentially be one most of the game, which means you're healing two. So things with four wounds are good because you bring stands back. So I can bring a stand back of those. I can bring a stand back of Cataphracti. We have stands back of Legionnaires, Cultists. The only thing you can't do is the two big ones, the Keratids, the Bekefali, and you can help the Fault of any a little bit. If you can get to tier two with it, now you can bring a stand back of anything which bringing your stands back definitely greatly increases your ability to up this power level. This one plays probably her for tier two, probably dark power for close to tier two, and then maybe end game, she's sitting at tier three right near the end and just monstering her way through anything else. So this is one option. Overall, I do like this option. Maybe not the best, but I think it's fun. I think her list can be oppressive sometimes to some people. This list to me wouldn't be oppressive. All right, the second list I'm going to make is if you don't do proxies with her. Now, again, there's a variety of options, and this is going to be very similar to one that actually won something not too long ago. Uh, actually, might have been a little bit ago from now, but we talked about it before. I'm going to start with her again, and yeah, she's got to be the warlord, and I'm absolutely going to put R of Malice. I said, I, I, I like having R of Malice. 
what I'm going to do then is I'm going to take some canophores and some keratids. And then what I want to do is, again, I want to hire a deacon. Now, Dark Shepherd's not going to happen nearly as much because I might not be taking the um, other option for that. But, um, so, so our command rights to be able to heal because Dark Shepherd doesn't help as much if you can't heal the wounds back. It's not bad, but it just doesn't help as much. Resize my little window there. But we're going to put in a unit of legionnaires. I said, I would prefer cultists. And if you can take cultists, do so. But let's assume for a second that you can't. Also, with the other list, I should say other upgrades you could do. Your legionnaires could take banners and those banners to help give you more power if you destroy a, a unit. Well, with that, then I can take another unit of, say, keratids. If you really want to lean into what some people were doing with lists like this, um, Dark Supplication is allowed to be repeated. So what you could is you could lean really, actually, let me just do it this way. You could lean really hard into this and you could just do the same thing all over again. Remember, you're allowed up to two copies of the heroes. You're actually allowed up to eight copies of the units. It used to be six, I think, but now it's actually eight. So you are now at 1550. Um, with this, then, you could look at your legionnaires if you're not worried about destroying them, because there's nothing that doesn't say the higher deacon doesn't hurt its own units. If that's the case, then you could absolutely take your icon bearer. Remember, when that stand with the icon, which would be your command stand, so the last stand gets removed, you get an extra dark power. There is options for your higher deacon to be able to get even more. There it is. It's the dark blessing, Viactum. Viactum just says that when the higher deacon stand completely destroys a friendly regiment with the dark uh, dark shepherd, you gain an additional power. So you'll gain even more that you normally have. So that's also an option. Um, what you could do then, depending on what you want to do, is you could just add in more individual stands of, say, legionnaires, say like another base one, that one that she's not going to go in will take an icon because now I can both on both of them fully go after that unit. That unit's now going to be worth five points for me. And what this list is wanting to do, and we still have some points to play with, um, which you might then, then I have those tids. Maybe we would add in a unit of could add a unit, unit can force. What a list like this usually wants to do is you want to be taking more minimum type squads. The reason you're looking a little bit more minimum is because you need board presence. So this list is trying to go for a lot of board presence. This list is trying to look for opponents to be destroying different units. And it's looking to only care about buffing her. So you won't necessarily have the memories of old on your canophores or your keratids. You don't care about it on your legionnaires whatsoever. At least for my list, I don't think this matters at all. So they might not get those bonuses, but they're still going to do you a lot of good. That's also why if instead you wanted, you could swap out one of these and put a unit Bekephali in because those Bekephali, not quite as concerned. Again, it would help them, of course, but it's not quite as a big of a, a big of an issue there. And if one of them truly matters, remember, you get it as a, um, you can still use them. Remember, you still pulling this back here, you can still your memories old as an action. Tier two just means it's a draw event instead. So if you really do need one of these bonuses, you could absolutely take it depending on what it is or what quarter thing you're looking at. So if you really need that fluid formation, you could do the memories of old action. So that way, then you can be shooting around in different 
whatever way you want and all of that if enemies are behind you. So that might still be a decent option for you. Um, for the last 110 that I have, since it wouldn't fit an extra unit of any of these, I would probably just buff up one or two of these units. Um, what I might do then, a few different choices, I could just up in the Legionnaires. Oh, Hardeacons, let's give them both at least tier one. I want them to be retinue tier one, arcane tier one, because I want that extra die. From there, got 80 points left. I would probably take one of these units of canophores, pop them up to a four pack. Now I got spare 10 points. That lets me take one of these other legionnaire units and put another icon in it. So now I have two units with icons. Both of those can go down. And I'm happy for them to end up going down. They can get me all the more power. I have canophores and keratids to be able to do my weight lifting for me. I have three different units of keratids, so good amount of shots out to 20 inches can really start putting some some strain on people. Good amount of other medium options. I have a decent amount of legionnaires to go sit on objectives. The keratids can sit on objectives as well. Later in the game, I have these units of canophores coming in. Hopefully, I'm pretty far up the field, which means now my canophores can come in pretty far up. They can now be my second line. And this list only cares if I got the divinity up to that tier three. Realistically, you could probably get the tier three if your hierodeacons are going reasonably well for you by turn four. Oh, sorry, um, tier two by turn four. If we're not assuming they're killing you at all, be like turn probably turn six to get to tier three. But if they're hurting you at all, you could get it in terms of, say, turn four or so, or five. Probably more realistically, five. If you have that in terms of tier, turn five, when their heavies have really just started to hit the board. I know your heavies can come in turn three, but a lot of heavies really don't start getting into the fight until really turn five. Now this thing can go and hunt down any of them that you care about. You have your can of four, sorry, your, uh, yeah, your can of fours to back any of that up. And your characters have softened up any targets that you are going into your legionnaires or that would have threatened your fallen divinity early. Um, the list that did really well essentially was this. It just leaned even, it leaned almost exclusively into canophores and keratids kind of thing. To me, I think this is a nice way to do it. It's a little more spammy than I personally like, but for things that are out, I think this is an option. For me, if I, if I took that last list and if I can't take cultists, I'm fine taking legionnaires. I'll swap a little bit out to save that 20 points. I'll take the upgrade off. I'm still okay with the list. I just don't like it as much because I want to get that power a little faster. But this one still works pretty well because starting turn two, you can really start getting a lot of power going very fast with these two units of uh, deacons. All right. Um, that gives us some base ideas. If you're running her, my suggestions overall, lean into the fact that it has to be a very different list. Lean into lists that you haven't tried before. Don't just try to substitute her into one of your current lists. Build around her. Try something very different. If you're like me and you usually run a Stratigos, don't put any Stratigos with her. Or maybe put a Ziliarch with her. Or hey, your Stratigos doesn't get those other abilities. Maybe try some different units. Try out some stuff because I think you're going to be surprised at what you can do. Um, if you're wanting to run her, I think Canaphor's Keratids, but Kefali are necessities. I think you should at least lean into two out of three of those. This list leaned into this, but I easily could have swapped one out, put some Kefali in instead, and still had a great day. Um, if you're not going to run any of those specials with her, 
I don't think you're going to get as much out of her. I don't think it's going to be as enjoyable. I, I, I think if you're taking this, I think you want to take the things that she does. And these are the sorts of things that she does. So grab a few of those boxes as well. Really lean into this as a list. Try it out. See what you like. All right, um, that gives us some lists. That gives us an overview of her, sort of my thought process on her, what I like to see, what I want to run her like. Um, if you've used her, say so in the, if you're watching on YouTube, say so in the comments below. If you're not watching on YouTube, hop over to YouTube, you know, like, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff, and also then leave below. Um, if you run her, what you like, what you don't. If you don't like running her, or if you face her and, and, and you have um, suggestions of things that you try to do to stop her or stay away from, or if you run her, what you like to do. I'm really interested to see what people do and what sort of thoughts they have. Um, I think she can be exceptionally strong for us. I think she can also be a fun piece. And if you're playing in a spot where people are like, oh, not her again, and they're really not enjoying it, you know, do you can do some of those shenanigans, but push more towards the other dark power pool instead of the fallen pantheon. Because if you only get her to say tier two, she's strong but not oppressive. Tier three, she starts to get oppressive. Especially if someone's brand new, they might not realize how fast they need to deal with her. I've had people do that where I explain to her what they do. Here's what this model does. But if they don't truly grasp it, I've had this model run rough shot across their army because they just weren't ready for it. So you do have to be ready for this kind of model. All right, so. Um, what to expect after this video. Um, I still owe you people a couple of videos related to why each faction is the greatest ever. Hunter Kings, the next one. I might actually be recording that probably not later tonight, but maybe even tomorrow. So you should see that depending on when this shows up later that week, maybe the week after. I'm going to be putting out quite a bit of this content early January because I can record a bunch of it right now. Um, I'm hoping to get back to doing some battle reports, although that just gets a little bit tougher, especially um, some health things that are going on, both for me and some other people. My legs don't um, have just, I guess, sciatica or something like that. They've been screaming and dance have been doing that for quite some time. Um, and then Steve lives up in New York, so it's a little bit tougher. But the hope is to maybe early, maybe not early January, but early February, do another tournament at one of the local stores. So that way it can show off there. There's some other stores I, I go to for tournaments. I just don't know if I can realistically record out of it with things that are going on, but I'm going to talk to them. And I might give that a shot because I'd like to be able to get some more battle reports out of this stuff. Um, for other things, I do want to get into the other armies. As always, let me know what you want to see, what you want to hear about, and I'll put that in. Um, remember, if you are wanting to pick up this or anything else for Conquest, we do have our code, Train Kickers, and we have a link below in show notes that gives you the link to go to. Go to that, put in our, our code, you'll save 10%. We get a little something out of it as well. Helps everyone. Win-win situation. All right. Uh, I think I belabored all the points in what is now one of the longer Conquest videos that I've done. So on behalf of everyone here at the show, then, have a good hobby. It's a great gaming.